Welcome to another episode of Teach Me Tech. I am your host, Tarek Falan, Vice President of Information Technology and Information Systems at Creative Foam. And you can see our screen is a little bit different today. We have a special guest. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, Creative Foam, if you haven't known by now, we are your leading provider of cutting edge solutions um, in all kinds of engineering spaces, including automotive, transportation, healthcare, uh, composites. You can find more information at www.creativefoam.com and across uh, all social media platforms, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, all of those uh, areas too at Creative Foam Corp. So this is David Walker. This is our senior network administrator here at Creative Foam. And we thought about doing something a little bit different. Normally I talk about things and sometimes we have guests come on from other places that talk about things and that's fun. Uh, but we thought about doing something a little bit different which is to bring in somebody from our team and hear about what they do, what they experience, a little bit about their background and have some fun there. And uh, we thought to bring in David. because David's great. I've known David, what is it, six years? Yeah, somewhere in there. Almost six years about, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Six years yeah. ago. Six years. Um, we have some history together. Good history. Fun history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we wanted to go through that. So, I mean, before we go, why don't you give me a little bit of your background, your history and technology, kind of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis with Creative Phone. Gotcha. Well, like he said, thanks, first of all, for having me on. Um, it's kind of a surprise when you asked me about doing a podcast because, you know, I'm pretty shy. So, um, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's, that is that is the farthest <laughs> thing from the truth. And you know it. No, but thanks for having me on. I, I do watch the podcast and listen to them. You, you do great work on them. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, as far as my background, IT, I started uh I would say around 1999, I was working for a large bank here in Michigan. Um, I started in operations and then IT just kind of came as a secondary thing, to be honest. Uh, we started managing the IT training rooms and, um, you know, it just kind of cascaded from there where the IT team needed staff and they offered training. And my first uh, parlay into IT was working on Novell just creating accounts, unlocking passwords and things yeah. like that. And this was doing the whole uh, Windows 3.1, you know, kind of migrating into the XP world and all that stuff. So I came in at that time. Uh, so all of my first certifications were all netware related, which I don't know how many people still use netware now, but uh, that was like the big thing yeah. then. Um, so I started there and then I got more into the uh, desktop support side, of course, uh, which I love because you're interacting with people Honestly, I'm a people person. I love people, love talking to people, love helping people. And so that kind of was like a natural fit for me. And um, IT just kind of came natural. I, I love to learn. Um, I feel like I retained information pretty well. So it, it kind of was a natural fit. And from there, it just kind of went into desktop support and then server support. And right. then we came into this hybrid of desktop and server support and, you know, you have these different iterations of IT where you split the responsibilities, bring them all back together. So uh, so I worked in banking for years, then I went to automotive for years, and then I did aerospace. Well, you kind of know the history there, and now we're doing uh, 
Creative Foam, which I love so far here, um, just coming in. It's a great team here, uh, great atmosphere to work in. I felt uh, I felt really comfortable from day one when I came in, just to even chat with you know the directors and all that stuff. It's just been a great fit for me. So right. Um, and, and, you know, you guys just allow us to, you know, use our talents and, um, you know, we have input on what we work on and what decisions are made to, you know, so it's good to have your opinion value, you know, when you're working for a company. So, um, yeah, for sure. and a good fit really, really has, I'm just like one of the best teams. And I know it's kind of cliche, but it's one of the best teams I've ever worked on. The communication's great and everybody really supports each other here. So it's been great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I came, it was, uh, that was the first thing I noticed that it was, it was like, it doesn't matter what department it was, you know, whether it was in finance or in purchasing or on the operations side, shop floor, wherever you're at, you always feel like there is a good team yeah. environment. You know what I mean? Where everybody is after the same goals. Everybody's after the same thing. It's not um, a me versus you kind of atmosphere where you've got conflicts and, and clashing and things like that. So. Right. Um, I definitely agree. So what do you, you know, I kind of know, I, I hope I know the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but for everybody else listening, talk to us about some of the things that you work on, whether it's the normal day-to-day tasks or some of the bigger initiatives. So what we have brewing in, in technology. Right. Yeah. So, um, well, mornings are, uh, just our, status calls, you know, like where we are with our service tickets and things like that. So that's like our morning call, just kind of touch base. Where's everybody at? How you feeling today? That type of deal, which I love. You get that, uh, you know, that kind of get up and go in the morning and it keeps you focused on your task for today. Um, and then I do uh, the majority of the PC imaging, which mm-hmm. uh, I still love being able to do that because, um, you know, you can update your images, keep them updated. When new machines come in, you get them imaged and out the door and it's a faster process. So I'm doing most of the imaging uh, right now. Most of my focus is on uh, firewall upgrades, which, you know, I love that part. Uh, and then just trying to come up with different solutions for our switches. Uh, what are we going to replace with and all that? So it's just, you know, just getting new firewalls installed. Uh, of course, I'm still doing service tickets, which I love because that keeps me in touch with the staff and what their needs sure. are. Still get out on the floor and talk to people and all of that stuff. So I still love that. I love that it's kind of like a hybrid fit for me now because I still get to do desktop and the network side. And, you know, I don't lose touch with what's going on out on the plant floor and all of that stuff. So uh, but my main focus right now is definitely getting the the new firewalls installed and, um, you know, just improving our switch solution. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm working on. So so for people that maybe don't know everything that we're talking about, because I'm sure that there are some of those. Um, can you explain a little bit more like imaging? Because I, I get it. Yeah. I know maybe some people listening say, what the heck is imaging? What does that even mean? Well, for us, it, it's handy because, you know, like the average or the everyday user buys a machine from wherever they purchase from and it comes with this standard set of software. You have your windows and whatever I call it bloatware, but whatever they decide to add on to it. And that's, you know, your package. That's what you work on at home. For us, there's a certain uh, set of software that's base base level for all users in the organization. So what imaging allows us to do is create that 
basic Windows image with all of our default software, whether it's a PDF viewer or some kind of CAD software, and it, it allows us to make that base image and we can get out multiple machines in a very short amount of time by using this base image. And I love the fact that the product that we use, it takes maybe 10 minutes to image a machine and it's pretty much ready for production. So it just saves us a lot of time with configuring for each person who needs computer. We can take that base image, get the user logged in and then actually add on whatever extras they need. But right. the base image allows us to kind of stay with the latest Microsoft patches and updates and not have to do it on an individual machine basis. We can kind of keep that image updated and it saves us a lot of time. So. Yeah, yeah this, right. it's just basically taking a snapshot of that machine at that point and you know then as updates come out you can run that install on another machine and then update that one and you keep your images updated going forward so yeah. it's a really handy tool to have you know you a long time you said 99 so what you know, 22 22 years i'm i'm getting up there in yeah year. <laughs> it's a lot of knowledge. It's funny because I was in operations, you know, for the first yeah. seven years I was in the bank and then um, just kind of, like I said, IT was like this natural progression. So, right. yeah, right around 99. So, yeah. So, you, you, you've you seen a lot yeah. over those years. I mean, I remember I kind of started in um, the bottom rung of the help desk kind of around the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I saw a lot too. But what would you say... What are the things that's changed the most with technology? And then after that, like what, some things have kind of stayed static. Some things have, I wouldn't say never changed, but are pretty much like the way they were, you know, even that long ago. Um, to me, change itself, technology is just so rapid now. You know, I remember being excited when we first got up to four gig of RAM and things like that. And just like now you look at that and you're like, there's no way I can work on this. You know, so <laughs> it's just the speed that technology is changing. That goes for like our TVs and our cell phone. Everything is right. just so fast paced now. And it's like that instant, I want it now, now, now. So everything just is, is like lightning fast. So you have, like you said, I have to, you have to keep up with the changes, you know, if not, you like, man, what's this new technology? And I like that you sent us articles and things like, Hey, have you heard about this? And a lot of times I'm like, what is he talking about? And I'll look at it like, ah, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. I don't even know what I'm talking about either. Cause you gotta learn it. Yeah. So it's good. You know, and like I said, it's just keeping up with that change. Um, it just seems like to me it used to be a longer life cycle, like you could get away with using X amount of memory and X amount of hard drive space for, you know, a little longer. And now things are like, nope, I need more hard drive. I need more memory. You know, even with just Windows alone, it's just eating up so much more the resources on the machine. So everything's just constantly faster, faster, faster. Uh, things that have remained the same, um, to me, customer support doesn't change. You know, you still going to have a customer. They still expect a certain level of support. And that goes for internal and external. I tell people all the time, we have internal customers, which are the employees that we work with every day that we have an obligation to. And then we have external customers that help us get our solutions together and all of right. that stuff. So customer service doesn't change. You know, you, you get new people in, you get new processes and things like that. But as a whole, customer service is customer service. And like you said, I don't care if it's McDonald's, if it's a hotel counter, wherever you were, customer service is customer service. So um, 
you know, to get in IT, you got to have some type of people skills unless you just want to, you know, go old school and be a programmer and sit in a dark room with a case of Mountain Dew and, you know, cool all day. <laughs> I, I did that for a while. It's not very fun. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that's one of my favorite parts of it, really. I thought uh, when I thought about this, because I was, you know, we went through what we were going to talk about. I was thinking back. Um, I remember. You know, back in those days, especially, and even before, people, you go to work, you're in the office, you connect to the servers there, mainframes, whatever it is. And if you weren't done with your work, you just kept working at the office. You'd hear people like, oh, I got to go, you know, I have to go in over the weekend or whatever. I need the IT guy to, like, get my stuff at the office set up so I can do that. You know, we were very much like joined at the hip with the office and the infrastructure. Yep. And now, even before COVID, COVID's made this a lot more relevant, but even before COVID, there was starting to be a gap between, you know, on-site technology and the cloud. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I mean, think about us. We have our ERP, which is basically all of our yep. um, accounting systems, human resources, uh, supply chain, purchasing, all those kinds of things we need, the core centralized functions of the business that's all in the cloud that's been in the cloud you know we access that erp from anywhere in the world at any time on any device and then everything else office 365 with teams with all of your documents with OneDrive, uh video conferencing our phone system all of these things you know it's becoming even like i said before covid there's like a blur between work and personal life you know, and, and you're able to kind of say, I need to do this thing at 9 p.m. And here's how I'm going to do it. I don't have to worry about calling somebody and getting access or I got to go in because I have to connect to this port on whatever. I mean, you just do it. It's kind of like that's been the biggest thing to me I've seen is change is like how we interact with technology in a work sense. It's just that line is gone now. There's no dividing line anymore. Yeah, I think um, you you hit on a good point. COVID just kind of brought that more to the forefront to say, hey, this flexibility needs to be there. And, you know, the the old mentality was if I don't see you in the office, I don't know if you're working or not, you know. But when you have metrics and data that shows that, hey, we're still supporting, we're still doing what we need to do at an even higher level remotely, you know, it kind of justifies that, you know, your team has to be as flexible, you know, because if this building's not here, how are you how are you going to still maintain your, you know, your work? And um, the cloud has been huge with that. Uh, I think our first foray into the cloud for me anyway was spinning up a server at a cloud location and still kind of managing that server environment. And now it's like you don't even have to do that anymore. It's yeah. Like, they do it all the hosting for you. So it just makes it easier. I can get to my files and my data from anywhere. And that security is still very high level. So you don't have to worry about breaches and things like that. But it just allows you so much functionality uh, to work from anywhere. You know, like I've been I've had days where I've had appointments and my mom's house is 10 minutes away. I'll go finish my day there because, you know, she has Wi-Fi. I have a computer. I can work from anywhere. Right. So just makes it more flexible. I think it's um, it makes it more relaxed for your for your staff because they're not feeling like I have to drive to the office every single day to do my job. You know, our support functions, I would say 90 percent we can do remote, you know, 
sometimes you have to come in for imaging you have to come in and actually touch a machine and things like that. But as far as the support role for accounts and data and things like that, we can do it remotely. And it's like I said, COVID just kind of brought that, you know, more prevalent to to most staffs who or companies that hadn't embraced that. It's like they were forced to, you know, if you right. want to keep working in this environment, you have to embrace that model. So and I think it's been good. It's been really good for us because, like I said, we haven't slowed down a bit. We're still, you know, functioning, at, in my opinion, at a very high level. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think when when it hit, when COVID hit, it was like, okay, what do we do? You know, yeah. on a shop floor, that's a different story. That's tough. And there were a lot of things we had to do there in terms of safety um, and, and the health of our employees. But from a, you know, back office kind of environment, what do we do? We're thankful that we had already, you know, like I said, our ERP was in the cloud. Um, we had a presence with Microsoft. So we were able to transition it to using Teams heavily. And we had laptops, which was, I mean, I'm very thankful that we had the foresight to always be on top of having enough supply because that went fast. I mean, it was in a moment, Epic, suddenly yeah. laptops and Chromebooks and all that stuff were like the hottest commodity you could find. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what, and even with all that chaos, what I loved about uh, creative is it was always still uh, the employee's health and well-being first, you know, so it's right. like, yeah we need to consider their health and well-being while still you know we were still able to work kind of through the pandemic and all that stuff but the 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 key thing was keeping the employees safe and i've always appreciated that about creatives so i would like to give people tips whenever we can because i feel like it's helpful so on you know other shows we had um kathy pitt from plex being able to talk about cybersecurity. Um, and how people can kind of stay safe. And uh, we talked about um, some things with learning about IoT and um, how your role can change on our last episode uh, with Ludovico. So I want to ask you for some tips. What do you think, if we're just talking about someone who, you know, I'm looking for ways to buy something that uh, either is good or maybe stay away from, from some things that are bad. Right. You know, maybe some things that um, are just a waste of time or whatever. What are what are some things you could recommend for people to either buy um, or stay away from in, in terms right. of technology in their daily life? Um, just from a computer like standpoint, I've I've been having good success with uh, you know a lot of people need computers and they're always looking at the the, the cost of the item. It's like man, I mm-hmm. spent all this money on a brand new computer. And there's a great reefer market out there. Um, I deal with it a lot. I recommend my family a lot of refurbished uh, computer items that perform just as well, you know, as something mm-hmm. brand new. And the cost is not as high. So I would say if you're in the market for technology, don't be it's, it's almost like a used car. Don't be afraid to look at the refurbished market because there's some great buys out there. Um, it'll sure. save you a lot of money. And um, like I said, it performs for what we do at home. It performs just as well as that brand new one that you're about to spend a couple of grand on. You can probably get yep. it for hundred as opposed to the couple of grand. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm big on refurbs. You know that I'm always talking about. Oh, refurbs. yeah and sending links for refurb. I love refurb items. So, you know, I just always looked at that as an alternative for people who want to buy something and don't want to spend that big ticket on it. So, yeah, I think, so it's funny because I was thinking of 
the opposite on this, which is that you have to be careful sometimes when you're buying um, equipment, whether it's laptops or peripheral devices or mm -hmm. whatever, sometimes the cheapest isn't always the best. For example, yeah. you know the story very, I think I told, I don't remember if, if we were together at the time, but we had somebody on one of the teams I was leading that I said, I don't, you know, whatever you guys want to buy, it's fine by me in terms of like keyboards and stuff like that. Just right. let's pick a model that we like and go with it. And he started looking at uh, things on Amazon and was looking at the price, most importantly, mm -hmm. and found something that hey, it was a great deal. You get the mice, the key, the mouse, the keyboard, um, and it was just rock bottom prices. And I said, oh, okay, you know, maybe get one of them. Let's test it, put it in someone's hands, make sure, because it's one, especially with keyboards, that's one of those touchy things with people you have to be careful because everybody has their preference. Yep. Like, no, I like it raised or I liked it lower, I like curve, I like, you know, whatever they like, they're going to be interacting. So you have to be cautious about it. So I said, get one of those and let's test it out. <laughs> and he ordered one of them. And, and then after, as it was coming on its way, I was looking at the reviews in Amazon and everybody was complaining about it and saying, do not plug this into your computer. <laughs> right, right. They found that it had a monitoring device installed into it and it was yes. sending data back to a foreign IP address. So yeah. all your key, every single keystroke you're entering, you know, whatever you're typing on your computer is getting broadcast to somebody else in who knows where, I don't remember what country, they were far away. Right. And so it's not hard to figure out when when you see the keystrokes for a username, like I know what I'm looking for, enter, and then another, boom, there's the password, I got it. Yep. So you have to be a little careful, I would say sometimes spending the least amount of money on technology isn't always a good thing. You have to be careful about reviews and making sure that you're buying from somebody you can trust. Yeah, and that, that was the thing with the refurbs, it's like make sure they're reputable and right. If they're reputable, most of the refurbished houses are going to offer you at least a year or two warranty and allow you to purchase extra if you like, you know, so sure. it's not just, you know, cheapest is best. No, that's that's right. not it. It's definitely they need to be reputable. But if you're not doing like heavy graphics or music production and things like that, and you just want to browse the web and check your email and things yeah. like that, I always say, hey, check the refurb. There's some good buys out there. You know, I haven't. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be brand new and, you know, you're going in debt because all you want to do is check your email. So sure. yeah, definitely be reputable. And then one of the, the biggest tips I got from you, actually, uh, I do pay attention when you uh, do some of your cyber stuff was uh, password links and things like that. I used to be guilty of like having these shorter passwords. You know, I'd always follow the eight character thing or whatever, but just mm -hmm. uh using more phrases and things like that, you know, to kind of put more length on that password is is huge because my mom's, you know, she's a little older now and she gets a lot of like scam calls and things like that and just trying to train her on yeah. what's legit and what's not and all that stuff and then keeping her password safe because she's like she has this technology phobia, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not doing my thing <laughs> online and like that so yeah just kind of make sure that your passwords are you know a little longer and a little more complex so they're not as easy to uh to guess so yeah yeah i usually i tell people i i mean there's you know the website we've done it in our cybersecurity training there's the how secure is my password dot net website so you can go to that website like i said it's how secure is my password dot net 
maybe I'll put it in the show note um, so people can click it. But you go there, do not type your actual password, <laughs> but you can right. start typing and it will show you um, sort of what it predicts, how, how long it would take to crack your password. Because you know, for people that don't understand, there's not a person sitting behind a keyboard typically trying to crack your password. These are um, dictionary attacks where they've got a dictionary of like literal words and passwords. Um, it's either like a total literal dictionary or it's a um, cleaned up dictionary of things that they expect to be relevant to your company. So it might look for certain people's names, birth dates, um, different kinds of things. And then they go through that you know, there's code that's running on a machine that's going through and trying passwords over and over and over and over, like just infinitely until they can hit something. So when they say, you know, it's going to take you a year to crack your password, that sounds good. It's not good. <laughs> a year is not great when we're talking about, you really should be talking about, it would take a computer, you know, thousands of years to crack this, or maybe it seems like it's impossible. And like you said, the key is length. Um, if I have an eight character password and I say, well, I'm going to make it more secure. I'm going to put an exclamation point at the end. I'd rather have somebody type five more characters of anything versus that one exclamation point. Length is always in terms of uh, security is going to be the biggest attribute because it raises exponentially the number of possibilities you have. Because every single letter you put in, boom, you open up, you know, zero through nine plus 26 letters shifted up and down. So 52 plus a bunch of symbols, like you get a huge number of increase of permutations of that password, but it gets harder to remember those. So I think the biggest tip for people is use some kind of a password storage, you know, vault like LastPass or KeePass or one of those um, softwares that you can have on your browser, have on your phone and you use one master password and then every other site you just create random passwords for yep. and it stores them and you have two-factor authentication with your master password so that means that if you want to log into something you put in your master but it'll send you you know a text to your phone or something else um, and you have to verify in two ways saying yes it's me i'm doing this that's probably the best advice to people uh, because i still see all the time I get notifications that, hey, we found your, you know, using a password in some kind of a dump. Yep. It got cracked. And if I'm using a master password keeper with two-factor authentication, I don't really care. But if I'm using a password that's used for my banking and my Gmail and my work, then it's a problem. Yeah, you and I and other people, we always chat about our stories that have happened in the past. What's your, uh, yeah. we'll go with the success story first, like your best, this is something we, you know, you accomplished, uh, maybe it took a lot of effort or it was just something where you found a solution. What was your biggest success story? Um, I don't know if I've had it yet. You know, I always, <laughs> I, no, it's just because I'm always thinking like the next thing's coming, you know, but sure. uh, so far, I think, um, 
And this was from a previous place we worked uh, with some of the Plex implementations that we we uh, were able to pull off in single weekends. And, you know, yeah. I was swapping a plant like one company was taking their stuff out and we're moving our stuff in. And it all had to be done in one weekend. And, yeah. you know, it, it felt good because you heard people say, well, if you guys weren't here, this wouldn't happen. You know, it was like, right. Eh, we were kind of just like, hey, we got to go down here and get it done. We jumped on a plane and we were gone. <laughs> you know what I'm right. Like that fast. So just to be able to turn it around that fast and have it functioning and you can kind of sit back and say, wow, we did this, you know, and it was a lot of work involved. And, you know, so things like that, I always feel great about And It's like when you can bring in your solution and it actually works and it makes it more efficient and they're really happy with it. That's that's the stuff that keeps me uh, doing what I'm doing because the success stories are great. Now, at the same time, you know, you have, we're human, so things happen, but. <laughs> well, it's things that I would love to hear about the horror story. Then. Oh. What's, the, what's your horror story that you have? You probably know 50% of them. That's the, <laughs> that's probably the do. Oh, there's a couple. Um, uh, making config changes in the middle of the night and taking every switch down. <laughs> and I remember to, that one. <laughs> yeah, had to store probably about 10 to 12 switches in the middle of the night, going home at 6 in the morning and having to bring staff in to help you. That was a little terrible. Um, I remember one with you and I <laughs> that always is funny to me because uh, we replaced the firewall and you're like, hey, make sure you unplug the other firewall so they're not conflicting. And we leave, go have dinner, and we get a call that nothing's working. And uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, we're back at the planets in the middle of the night. And you're like, you sure you unplug that firewall? Or did you plug it in or something? And I'm like, yeah. And then you hear me go, click. You hear me plug something in. It's like, oh, no, I didn't have it plugged in. <laughs> it was just, you know, just that wasted time of having to go back. And it's a lot more. But uh, and, and there's a lot more successes there, too. But you always have those stories where you feel like I've covered everything. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And it's always that one small little thing that bites you, you know. So and, uh, you I, know, I had a I had one exactly as you were talking about that story. I have one from a long time ago that's similar where I was working, uh, like I said, it was, it was way back. I think this was nine, 2000, but I was working, you know, just help desk tech. And I, I was working at the time in a school district. I got a call from a, from a principal at a school who said, I can't get on my computer. I can't get to anything that I need to access on my computer. You know, the internet's not working can't get into my programs, the grading programs, all that. Okay. I started looking, I couldn't find his computer on the network. So it's disconnected somehow. Um, I had him and he was kind of frustrated. I said, well, can you open up, you know, I had him open up a command prompt basically and try to do a ping command. So typing this out and I can hear him kind of just frustrated. I don't know why I have to ping, nothing's happened. And I go, you know, just out of curiosity, is your network cable to your computer plugged in? Right. Because you know, that it's starting to sound like maybe that's an easy one that somehow is like, why would I call you if it, if it wasn't plugged in? <laughs> like, okay, I'm just doing my due diligence, just checking to make sure the basics are covered. And we went through all kinds of other things, started doing more advanced things and everything I was doing, like as I was having him look at his uh, interfaces on the computer and stuff and looking at his devices that were connected, I'm like, man, it's, it's, it's as if that network cable is not plugged in. 
So I had to ask this frustrated guy one more time. I said, sir, I'm sorry to bring it up again. And I, and I certainly don't mean the question, you know, your understanding of the computer, but it's everything that I'm seeing is leading me up to thinking that it's not connected because there's a you know disconnection between your computer and the wall where that network cable is coming from, or maybe somewhere further down the line. But let's start with the easiest thing. Can you just double check that? Sometimes they get loose. He's like, I can't believe you're asking me to do this. You know, I already went through this. You need to come out and look at the stuff in the back room. I said, I, I'm sorry, and I will. As soon as you know you check this, I'll definitely be out. So I hear him. He's got his phone with him, and he's flustered and moving around. And I, man, if, if there was not an amplifier to make that sound any louder, I would have been shocked. I heard the mis unmistakable click of <laughs> that yeah. network cable. Click. He goes, all right. Gets back to his computer. He's like, everything looks like it's working now. I don't know. There must have been a glitch in the system somewhere. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. I think with me, the, the horror story with the switches, you know, that, that old cliche of always follow your first man. It was getting late. And I'm like, you know what? I should just go home now. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, I'm here. So I'm just right. like, I might as well see what I can do with these switch upgrades and things. And the next thing I know, it's like every site just won that one <laughs> started going down and i'm like oh boy this isn't good so yeah that's not fun yeah so not fun when you're sitting there watching it happen and you feel like yeah. you're just completely helpless watching every single site go down one and i don't know why one other one that, that really quickly that came to mind i was working yeah. uh, this was like over christmas holiday and i was working for the bank at the time yeah. and for some reason one server uh in our server room you know how they used to have the external storage array so right. We couldn't read any data on this server. All the data was mm -hmm. corrupted. And um, take the cable out. You know, we had changed some uh, drives in the array and all of that stuff. And somehow one of the pins in the cable was bent. <laughs> so it corrupted all the data on oh. the server. So long story short, 24 hours later, we had the server back online. Good thing we had tape back up. So we, <laughs> we were able yeah. to take that back up and restore it but yeah we were there 24 hours straight because of one bent pin in a connection so yeah That's it's crazy. those little things that always bite you so i remember the one time we had a uh, ransomware you remember yes. that oh yeah yeah we got Oof. hit terribly yeah that was a bad one yeah and but the good part about it we were able to track it to the exact person and know where it started and that was one of those times, too, you know, if nothing else in IT, your backups are only as good as your testing and, Absolutely. you know, restoration testing and all that stuff. So we had great backups. We were able to kind of minimize the downtime, which was great. But, um, yeah, we, yeah, we remember that one, too. That was a scary scene. I just remember thinking, like, oh, man, this is those stories you always hear about where, like, the company yep. gets hit and then they go bankrupt because... Yep. They're, they 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 do whatever they file shares and yeah. uh, the little text note pops up like, hey, we'll yeah. give you the decryption key after you pay us. And we're like, well, how good are backups? Oh, they're great. All right, let's just wipe the servers. We wiped them, did a full restore, and that was that. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. I remember yeah. that. I appreciate you first of all for coming on. Obviously, it's, it's been fun to, to listen about all the things that you've done and, and the fun stories so I appreciate that but also for everything you do day in and day out for the team for uh, our customers both external customers and internally everybody that 
you know, you support, you do a phenomenal job and, and the rest of the team does as well. So I want to thank you for that too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just, you know, management here is, uh, they just allow you to do what you do best and they help you in any way possible, you know, because if we end every call, but if you need anything, you let me know, you know, and it's always right. an open door thing where I've always taken that there's no such thing as a dumb question. I believe that 100% because, you know, you know, I'll come to you and ask you all kind of crazy stuff. I'll sure. go to I'll ask her all kind of because I'm like, you know, if I don't ask, I, you know, that's shame on me. So there's I, no there's no dumb question. Exactly. Uh, there's only, you know, just the question that you never ask. Yep. And, and our team, like I said, our team is great with sharing information and just kind of assisting each other. And, you know, I've been on a lot of good teams, but this is like one of the best teams I've ever worked on as far as like the communication and just, you know, being able to just say, I'll step up, I'll take that. You know, I got that. Right. One about, you know, so it, it's been great, man. And I, I just hope, you know, I, I like the direction we're going as far as, you know, what we're doing with upgrades to the network and getting all of our stuff cloud based to make it even more convenient for our team to work wherever we work from and that goes for accounting to the plant floor to whoever um, I'm just really happy with the direction we're going and we got a lot of projects going right now it's really busy but the long-term goal I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I think it just makes it better for everybody once we get to where we're trying to go so it flickers every now and then that light yeah, is flickering yeah, bro <laughs> we chase it we'll get there. my glasses you know but uh yeah, yeah so it, 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 I think the long term, um, the hard work now will make it better, you know, down the line. So it, it's, it's definitely working. So. Well, it's all because of, of you and everybody else on the team that puts in all those hours. And so I appreciate it. I know the rest of the company certainly appreciates it and all of our customers and suppliers appreciate it too. So I want to thank you, David, uh, for being a part of the podcast and, uh, you know everything that you do every every minute that you put in we we reap the benefits of it so thank you i appreciate you having me on this is fun man all right man we'll take care all right yeah.